the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. not i don't know <laughs> i do know that uh, this is the day that the lord has made and we're going to rejoice we're going to be glad in it we're going to take these next two hours as they come uh, and i would encourage you to be thankful as well for another glorious day in the san francisco bay area just marvelous marvelous new monday again i'm privileged to be with you i'm so glad to be talking with you um Looking forward to dialoguing with you on the topics that uh, we both together are concerned about and, and, and polls for our learning, for our reflection, for our, um, for our mental, emotional, psychological, spiritual, and practical welfare. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline, and I am your host, Jesse Gistan. Uh, the number to reach me if you were uh, waiting with bated breath is one triple eight one eight 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 three six seven five three two nine eight 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 three six seven five three two nine. You've been following the thread of our conversations over the last several weeks and even months now, because um, we're staying smack dab in the middle of what is the most. Uh, prevalent conversation in the world, and that is what we are dealing with in terms of these vaccines and the pandemic and the virus and all of the stuff that goes on with it. I mean, we could also talk about the economy. We could uh, talk about the school systems. We could talk about the frustration on the part of parents across the nation and around the world. Lots of protest and pushback on their part with regards to this um overbearing uh, critical race theory nonsense that is seeking to uh, come alongside of the pressure that's on us for uh, from this from this uh, from this virus and uh, and and trying to uh, engage in, and produce a change in the uh, educational program for our youth and for our young kids that uh, that that strategy is is not working real easy. Americans do not really want their children to be indoctrinated and to be propagandized, uh, particularly at the expense of sound science and sound history and uh, recent facts that we are very much aware of in terms of how we view our world, how we view our country, how we view this nation. And, and I'm, for one, I'm very thankful for it. You won't hear a lot of that in your mainstream media. <clears throat> you won't hear parents standing up for their children in the area of education in the mainstream media. Why? Because that's not part of the narrative. You won't hear it because um, they don't want you to really particularly know anything that's going to have to do with 
um, with you maybe being emboldened to, uh, to, to view what's going on in a much more positive light. They don't want that. So the media is framing the narrative to basically keep droning in on you and me as well. Uh, what one person has called the paradoxical landscape that is uh, boxing us in and, uh, and, and forcing us into categories and pigeonholing <clears throat> us, if you will, as, as if we live 24 hours a day uh, on the pedestal of politics. Now, if you've listened to me a long time, you know I've talked to you about the dialectical process of Hegel's system of theses, antithesis, and consensus. This, this process of history, the developmental process of history where life is filled with tensions and conflicts and then resolution and then tensions and conflicts and then resolutions and then tensions and conflicts and resolution. And uh, the only validity to Hegel's view is that many of the world shapers, including Hitler, uh, including uh, Marx, Karl Marx, including Engels, Engels and others uh, bought into it, including those who were part of the uh, Gramscian school of, of soft Marxism or socialism. They all operated out of a framework of the Hegelian dialectic, which means they believe that you can shape the future. If you push up against the status quo hard enough, and if you push up against it with power and strategically and relentlessly and surreptitiously, you can change history. And that's what you're looking at right now in your world. If you're wondering why this is kind of just a almost a surreal event where the actors, the uh, the people in positions of power, the faces in the media uh, they almost seem like they're unreal. It almost seems like it's an, an, an act, a kind of play, a movie. I'm sure that's what you're thinking because you, you, you right now you have a level of distance from it because you've been so involved and impacted by it for so long um, that now your eyes have opened up a bit to the synthetic nature of these conflicts, these battles going on in Washington and going on in the media and going on in your world. And you're starting to pick up on the fact that you're hearing some of the same BS that you've heard for decades ago. And when I use the term paradoxical landscape, it's about how to put us, the American people and the world, in two fundamental categories and then make us fight. Uh, that's what that's about. It's, it's called the manipulative methods of government. He's a lefty. She's a Trumpster. He's black. She's white. He's a vaxxer. She's an anti-vaxxer. All of those binary characteristics are part of the dialectical process in order to create conflict on the ground between you and me while the power brokers are constantly shifting and moving and legislating and employing their tactics, uh, keeping us distracted, if you will, by, uh, by the vernacular uh, of, of, of the voice of the media. And what I would say to you is don't believe the hype to my good brothers and sisters who have taken the vaccine and to my good brothers and sisters 
who have not taken the vaccine. You and I really are not enemies. And the moment we wake up to that fact, we will begin the process of overcoming this fundamental matrix into which we have all been cudgeled by, uh, by again, big tech, big government, big global agendist, uh, Washington, D.C., the deep state. Uh, and and they're and they're engaging in the same old tactics they did with COINTEL and Operation Mockingbird and many of the now uncovered past experiments your government has implemented against our permission to our harm. And at that time, they told you not to listen to those who were telling you your government was doing this. They told you they were conspiracy theorists, as they're telling you. Now that we are conspiracy theorists, we have absolutely no validity in what we're talking about. We're irrational. We are delusional. Um, we have we are making no sense other than the fact that virtually everything we have been saying for over the last 12 to 18 months is starting to emerge. And you're starting to begin to be aware that you had been hoodwinked and bamboozled going all the way back, if you will, uh, by the very people we should be trusting. Now, you guys remember just so many occasions where, as I've stated before time and time again, the medical industry has followed suit with in their white coats with the government or the main narrative and experimented on the sheeple of America. And, 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 and all they've done is left a trail of sickness and disease in its track. And, and much of that is still haunting us today. I, I share this with our congregation. I'll share it with you. You and I are in the center of a takeover by the health department. Now, that's where you are. You're in the center of a takeover by the health department. And not only the health department in terms of just medical things, but the broader spectrum of psychology and sociology and psychiatry and human behavior. All of that is working as a confluence to uh, manipulate and to, if you will, transform uh, our uh, world and, and definitely our nation from a society of independent, autonomous thinkers who are robustly committed to debate and discussion around anything by which the government uh, assumes a position of thinking that they can tell us what to do and how to do it, and that we're simply to be quiet and follow suit without explanation and without discourse, without reciprocation. As one author put it, the psychologists today and the psychiatrists today all over the world are waking up in horror as they watch the brain chemistry of human beings being changed, which means change in their behavior, change in their attitude, change in their confidence, change in their clarity, change in their mood, in their mood. Why? By the relentless propaganda in the media, absent of real facts and real data that if there was serious disclosure of the facts, people would have a different perception, a different perception. And almost everything that you are now questioning, you would have great clarity on because if you had all the facts in front of you, you would not be pushed into the corner. Well, again, this is sociological manipulation to push you into the corner. I shared this again with you before by Yuri, the ex-Russian spy. The thing that they start off doing is propagandizing you. Once you are listening to narratives where you don't think, you just imbibe then they've, they've, they've manipulated your mind. Then they go from propaganda to destabilization. 
And that's what's happening in our world. It's becoming destabilized. And that destabilization leads to a demoralized state. So men and women are demoralized because you've been confused for a long time hearing all of these stupid narratives. So when they go from propaganda to destabilization to demoralization, we are now set up as a sociologist and scientists, uh, social science knows and the behavior is known. We are set up for internal conflict like a bunch of rabid animals that are desperate to survive. And that is the stage towards which we are headed now. If we don't wake up, and do something about it. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I've got more to say about this narrative because you guys know, you, you can sense that uh, in essence of what I'm saying is true because you're starting to be, you're starting to get tired of take the mask off, put the mask on, take the mask off, put the mask on. You're starting to get tired of being uh, pulled around and jerked like an animal. They're doing that on purpose. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are indeed back. The number is one 367 1-888-367-5329. If you want to have a conversation with yours truly, uh, as I keep my hand on the pulse and keep my eye on the prize and am more than willing, as God gives me grace, to do these public relations announcements uh, until we are um, more clear uh, as a society as a whole that what's happening to us is a uh, mass social uh, behavior uh, agenda for manipulating and, and if you will, uh, uh, demoralizing uh, and, 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 and bringing people into conformity to total compliance. Uh, this is exactly what the psychologists are saying. And the psychiatrists and you know they've been doing these things behind our backs for hundreds of years, the kind of experiments that no just government would ever allow. You know they've been doing that. They have been take, they have been engaging in human experimentation in the depths of our psyche and our brain for decades upon decades. Do not believe uh, the fact that somehow all of our organizations of, of law enforcement and, and uh, organizations that control ethics, that control the way that our uh, major institutions function, do not believe for one moment that there aren't all kinds of holes in our system by which uh, power uh, uh, established uh, entities have the ability to circumvent those regulations, circumvent those laws. It's, it's a, a real simple good old boys club and today good old girls club and, and today good old families club, if you will. And it's global in nature. It's not just Americans. This is where we have to get out of the paradoxical landscape and stop thinking that this is just an American issue. This is a global issue. And the powers that be operating at the highest levels no longer are concerned about you know America or uh, or Europe. Uh, they're concerned about a global agenda, and they're moving toward that direction. Uh, as so many uh, Paul Revere type individuals have talked about, you guys don't know Stan Monteith, but he had a radio program decades ago, decades ago, warning about the foundational structures of our nation and the uh, surreptitious. Uh, entities that had come in and began to shape policy and, and lay out plans for hundreds and hundreds of years to move us into a monistic uh, structure of existence. If you don't know what that term means, it means a one world government. 
that constitutes not only the government being of a uh, unified uh, presence uh, with the ending and abolishing of borders so that we are governed by a body of men and women, which was precursored by your United Nations and by the grace of God, they're falling apart. But uh, the, the goal nevertheless is, is to get all of the main leaders in our nations up under the same tier of authority and then to operate on the citizens of the world as just that. Citizens of the world, not citizens of different nation states that have the freedom to function according to their own constitutional rights. No, everybody has to come up under this one world governmental umbrella, which is also being aided, embedded by the powers and wealth, enormous wealth of religion. I was just thinking about an article today that I read about uh, Pope Francis, if that's what you want to call him. Uh, asserting that it is the uh, privilege and responsibility of every Catholic to take the vaccine. I thought to myself how irresponsible that is for him to say that, but he wouldn't think for five minutes to try to explain that assumption. He wouldn't take five minutes to try to argue why any human being would uh, voluntarily be controlled by uh, an institution and made to take any kind of substance where we haven't already proven whether that substance is harmful or not. He would never be able to come up with an, a legitimate reason argument for why we should do it, no matter the, the vacuous arguments we've heard before, because it's for the good of society. It's never for the good of society for you or me or anyone to do anything against our conscience and when we don't have all of the facts and data before us by which we can make a fully informed decision as to what we're doing, not only helping me, but helping everybody else. When you leave out those particular factors, then you are not telling people to love one another. You're telling people to be gullible and foolish for the demise of one another. If you're going to ask me to sacrifice myself to do something for the good of any other individual on the planet. You've got to persuade me that what I am doing, why I'm doing it, and how I am doing it indeed is going to benefit them. You can't. You're not going to reach me with emotions. You're not going to reach me with bad logic. You're not going to reach me with absence of data. You're not going to reach me with distorted data with data that has been manipulated, with data that doesn't cover the full plenipy of arguments and debates and deconstruction and analysis and multiple signals on both sides so that I can draw a conclusion for myself that this is a plausibly good path to go down in order to help my brothers and sisters in our world. Of course, I want to help my brothers and sisters in my world. I'm a vital Christian. I love God and I love my neighbor, but I'm not just going to kowtow to what some authoritarian says when they don't give me the fundamental right of knowing exactly what I'm doing, which again is where we are right now. This is why there are hundreds of doctors already formulating lawsuits against our government and compelling them to stop what's taking place now, which I didn't want to talk about and may not want to talk about because I don't particularly like what I see coming down the pike. I really don't. Uh, what I do 
what I am thankful for, and I do want to share it with you, is that people are waking up. And uh, one of the good news that I've discovered and you won't hear in your major media, uh, and this is for my black folks out there that I do worry a lot about just simply doing whatever the government says. Did you know that according to the CDC's own statistics, only 27 percent of black Americans have been vaccinated? I bet you didn't know that, did you? Because the way the language is framed by the media, 160 million people have been vaccinated. Well, good. If you were to actually have to do the metrics on that and individuate who it is that's been vaccinated, that would open the people's eyes up to another level of understanding. That means roughly 73 percent of black Americans are avoiding the vaccine. While only 39% of, 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 of people in the rural dwelling areas have taken the shot. That, that changes the picture for a lot of people. What I just stated right there has helped a lot of people because you were under the impression that everybody that was breathing was taking the shot, particularly among the African-Americans. Not true. It's not true. And, and those stats also are probably true for our Latino community and probably true for portions of our Asian community, although they would vary. And here's the reason why I would suggest that they are not quickly taking the vaccine. And it's because they haven't forgotten. You know, if you abuse people and you, you manipulate people and you lie to people, they're not going to forget that. One, uh, one, uh, one psychologist said, uh, and he, he's a psychologist that has been tracking the, the records of the trauma that takes place in uh, uh, ethnic groups that have uh, suffered you know, atrocities like war and devastation. He, he, he said that they have been evaluating how it's actually a, uh, a genetic transfer uh, that can be uh, empirically seen in the lives of people who have been uh, traumatized and victimized and, 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 and suffer from one generation to the next generation, that there is a, a memory within the framework of their DNA that allows them at the subconscious level, and, and subconscious is still conscious, okay? That's a, another conversation. So people are not lost in their subconscious. They're not dead. They're just operating at levels that are not detectable by their cognition. And so it makes all the sense to me in the world that only 27 percent of black Americans have gone through this process. And I'm thankful for it. Also, before we go to break, another piece of good news. Do you know young people between 18 and 25 are not doing it either? The CDC reports that young Americans between 18 and 24 are among the most hesitant groups. They account for 9.2% of the U.S. population, but only 8% of the vaccinated population. A separate survey found that 25% of unvaccinated people in that age group have no intention of ever receiving the shot. Now, look, this is an amazing uh, observation. You can go do the research yourself. I know you're not going to listen to me, but go to the CDC. I've got some other very bad news if you want to hear from the NIH. It's stuff we've talked to you about before. They put it up on the site. Watch this. The CDC does it. The NIH puts all that information up there, but it doesn't get out in the media. And because it doesn't get out in the media, 
You can't have your vision adjusted. Your perspective is still tainted by the major media outlets and their prepackaged narrative. Well, I'm glad to actually stir you up a little bit about that. I've got to take another break. Uh, When we come back, we'll continue with our analysis of right where we are today because people are upset. They are with why we've got to put masks back on when we have been vaccinated. And we'll talk about that, too, on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline. Our lines are open, 1-888-367-5329, 1-888-367-5329. We'll be right back. And now, back to Lifeline. Did you guys hear that? You better get in line. Get married in 12 months. You guys better rush there. It's called lovestory.com. I hope they've got some really good uh, magic potions for that because, boy, where we are today, um, that could be a comfort or it could be a calamity. Uh, It could be a blessing or it can be a massive burden. Um, This is exactly what the early church talked about. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7, they that are married will have trouble in the flesh. And they were going through the same kind of disruption of their country and their nation as we are today. They were in a major transformation, a new reset, and things were being turned upside down. Philosophies, worldviews, religions, governments, politics. All of that was going through major calamities. The four horsemen of the apocalypse was riding then as it is riding now. Uh, And and again, the frustration that I cited to you earlier is that lots of people are really struggling with how it is that they have been so cudgeled, uh, forced to take vaccines, forced, because what has happened in terms of the media's uh, fervor and uh, passion and commitment and full-on blitz of telling you why you should take it and then even rewarding you if you should take it. All of those things are contrary to the Nuremberg laws, uh, but but it worked for less than half. Now, that's 46%. 161 million is 46% of Americans. This is why um, your president, uh, uh, Joe Biden, really wants to now force these vaccines on companies, force them on businesses, force them in the military, force them for every uh, government agency. And this is going to be a major disruption because I'm hearing it on the ground from people I know in all of these industries that they're fighting back. This is why so many of you have asked for material for me about how to confront your um, employer with information to make sure your employer is not just some blind shilling being led about uh, in ignorance as a black sh- uh, as a black goat leading the sheep over into the pit. This certainly is the case. And so I'm, I'm glad that you're waking up. I'm glad that you are standing up. I'm glad that you are looking up and I'm glad that you are speaking up because you have to. You have to. Any government will be tyrannical if there is not pushback by its people. Doesn't mean we don't want to obey our government. Nothing can be further from the truth. Hurry up and overcome flawed arguments. Like if, excuse me, if you say, prove it to me, help me understand why you are being so urgent about this, that somehow that puts you in the position of uh, 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 incredulous uh, conspiracy theorists. Don't don't buy into that notion. Understand that the way in which a person uh, says something to you and the manner in which they present a proposition 
will determine whether or not they respect you. It also will determine whether or not you respect yourself. If someone can sell you the Brooklyn Bridge and at least attempt to sell it to you, guess what? They think you're stupid. You need to hurry up and know that. Uh, You got to think better. I'm doing a series on this right now on Tuesdays and Fridays about thinking better, how to think better, because the Apostle Paul laid it out to us. A carnal mind leads to death. And carnal-minded thinking is where a lot of people are today. They do not think well. They're driven by the flesh, and they're not driven by greater principles that have higher values with greater tools for discernment about the consequences and outcomes of their action. And we've got to do better. We've got to do better. Our government is testing us, as I stated, with the medical industry, the uh, psychological, psychiatric industry, with social human behavior uh, methodologies. All of that is so obvious and clear. And it's working because it's working through that one fundamental medium that most people are on 24-7, and that's social media. We need social media, uh, but we need to also make sure that we don't end up idolatrizing it or going to sleep when it comes to how to think. Um, Here we are. We're putting masks back on. I'm walking today. We put out about seven to 10 miles today. Enjoyed my working out. And uh, I'm walking by a, a, a daycare here in the Castro Valley area. Some of you would know it. And out in the yard are all kinds of kids playing. And they're all with masks on. I felt so bad for them. I felt so bad because some of the kids were playing with the mask without thought, but they weren't talking. Others, Others were talking, but they were struggling. What do I mean by that? They were trying to talk through the mask. And you know how much force your breath uses to speak? It is unnatural. So what they were doing because they were outside is they pulled their mask down and talked like normal. See, they could not continue in that irrational, illogical, inhumane, uh, uh, that stricture of conformity to these tyrannical uh, uh, objectives on the part of our uh, our uh, medical agency, the FDA. Uh, they couldn't do it. The kids can do it. In order for them to enjoy themselves, they had to pull their masks out because, you know, kids are like me. They talk loud and happy and free. And you can't do that when you got a mask on. You can't have fun when you have a mask on. You can't even laugh. Now, now I've already saw uh, the statistics of the impact that masks have on kids psychologically, sociologically, mentally, and more. Uh, this ought to be something that bothers all of us as parents. What I did appreciate about this uh, daycare, because it was Christian, as I was watching it, is that they did not bother the kids when the kids were pulling the mask down. I guess they had some policy that they had to follow, but what they did not do is, is just act like Hitler and Mussolini and Stalin uh, and Lenin uh, and, and, and Mao and, and force those kids to keep breathing their own carbon monoxide. I'm glad they didn't. Uh, but the kids should not be having those masks on outside at all. And they should, the children shouldn't have it on at all. We can argue that this issue called COVID is not a problem for our children. 
And, and we should be much more rational about that. So this is about something else far more egregious than trying to control a variant. Uh, and there's conversation that will be had around that, too. Um, just a sad reality. And so now the CDC is about to withdraw the emergency use authority for your RT-PCR tests. Why? Because the PCR tests that we have been taking for the last 12 months now has never been able to distinguish between the flu, which is a SARS virus 2, and SARS-CoV-2 which means, and many people have been stating it from the beginning, when all of these flus supposedly had went down to almost nothing, what it was is that people were being said, told that they were positive for COVID when all they had was the flu. Of course, uh, you have COVID, particularly if you have the disease and it ramps up and, and it starts impacting your your uh, respiratory system and you start going into the cytokine storm, you, you know you've got COVID. Um, but if you're just dealing with a headache, if you're dealing with a temperature, if you're dealing with a sore throat, as the case can be with the flu. Now, remember, you guys have forgotten all about the flu. The flu can kill you, too. It can make you horribly sick. It can make you feel like you're dying. And today, now, they are indistinguishable just about. And so if you're taking a test and that test cannot distinguish between COVID and the flu, how manipulative is that in terms of negative, positive, positive, negative, positive, negative? And what kind of money is being made on that? Now, I can tell you that becomes a problem. And this is why people are tired. And I get it. I'm glad you're tired now. I'm glad I'm glad you're ready to work through these issues and and find something uh, else to do besides simply comply with your government. Glad you're tired. Glad you're tired, because when you're tired, you might just wake up and, uh, and and start circumventing some of these rules that are unjust, unconstitutional and uh, inhumane. It's the Monday edition of Lifeline. Maybe my lines are full. Now I'm going to take another break. When I come back, we will begin our dialogue on the phone. You are listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline with your host, Jesse Gistan. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, you guys, we've got to get to the phone lines before this hour is up. Let's go to line number three, and we'll talk with Travis in Berkeley first. Line number three, Travis, are you there? Yes. Uh, good evening, Pastor Jesse. Uh, How I was, are you, man? Uh, calling, I was calling about the question about the, uh, the employee packet. I wanted mm-hmm. to know, is that still valid? Because with all of these new laws and things that are going on, I've seen on the TV that they were saying that uh, – that it was meant that uh, the employers were mandating uh, people to take the virus now. I mean, right. So, um, so yeah, the battle that's going on uh, is that, uh, and, and, and lawyers are taking it to court, that um, the, the companies, even though they are private companies and they can recommend that their employees take it, they're battling this in court right now about coercion, about threat of losing jobs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's a battle that's taking place. So I would never look at that as a foregone conclusion that just because it's a private company, they have the right to tell you what to do, not with something as grave and as important and dangerous as 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 harm to your body. So I would never capitulate. I would definitely first make sure that my employer is very clear on um, on exactly what's going on here with this emergency use authority, uh, uh, you know, mandate 
I will give him the information that I've been sharing with a lot of people and make sure that they know the consequence. I would ask whether or not the company that I'm working for uh, has the insurance to cover any kind of injury because we know that they are already having them. There's no way for us not to know this. They're on the VAERS and they're on the CDC itself. So people are being harmed. Uh, and they and they deserve to be protected. It's just this is America. This is not some some rogue third world country. So if a person takes the um, takes the vaccine and and has some kind of injury, even for a small period of time, they should have some recourse uh, by their company. Company is not about you know an inanimate group of people doing stuff without personal relationship dynamics. If I were a boss of a company. And I'm and I and I were persuaded that the vaccine should should be taken. I would have some kind of ethical system, Travis, by which if I were now the agent of compelling people to take it, first of all, I would want to know everything I can about it so my conscience could be clear. Secondly, I would want to know all of the variables by which if my employee gets hurt, I care about my employee. They, they matter to me. They value, they're valuable. They're not just a number. So if they are getting hurt, I want to make sure that they can be taken care of. I want to make sure their kids can be taken care of. That's the whole nature of free market in America. It's not just about making money. So yes, I would still tell people to do it because there is a battle going on in our local courts and a battle going on in the, the, the Supreme Court right now against the methodology and approach that's taking place uh, at this present time. So definitely, man, uh, I, I would take up that position. Uh, what, are, what are your other thoughts on that? No, I, that, that's the only thing I want to know. Thank you. So, uh, so do you recommend that we can still email you and still get the package? Absolutely, and absolutely, one hundred percent. I'm, I'm also uh, being. So many good people have emailed me with different uh, uh, institutions and organizations that are helping people with um, with exemption uh, statuses and things like that. We don't do it at Grace because we're not anti-vaxxers at Grace. We're we're not. Uh, we have a major problem with what's going on today in terms of this uh, this method that's taking place in our country, but we're not anti-vaxxers, so we would not be recommending exemption laws, but you can uh, exempt exemption uh, contracts, but you can get them if you needed them, but if you email me, I'll send you the information that I have over to you, and hopefully that'll keep you from uh, from being out of pocket if, you're, if your employer wants to try to get you to, to take the uh, vaccine. All right. Thank you very much. Have a blessed evening, sir. You too, my brother. You too. Let me go to line number two and talk with Jermaine in Alameda if he's still there. Jermaine, are you there? <clears throat> Jermaine. On line two. Jermaine should be on line two. Now, you can pick up any line. I'll, I'll take Okay. Jermaine, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, how are you, man? Oh, I'm, I'm doing very well. Enjoying the show so far. Excellent. What's your thoughts? Well, you know, uh, for me, the whole vaccine issue, my, my main problem is the fact that I can't take someone to court if something were to happen to me. Um, you know, litigation is an American right, and I feel like that's being taken away. So uh, that's one of my main concerns, uh, the fact that I wouldn't have any any recourse should something happen to me, but you were kind of alluded to, uh, 
I, I think you said it was the Catholic institution that had recommended people getting vaccines. I was in the city of Richmond. I saw a billboard up and they had, you know, double digit number of pastors on that billboard smiling and dressed up telling people that they need to get the vaccine. And I just find it very hypocritical because I lived in that particular neighborhood in Richmond and I saw a lot of, of violence and crime and death. And these are the same people, some of them who would chastise you for criticizing things like abortion or, or just the violence going on. And now all of a sudden they're, they're kind of working for the other side. I always think it should be a choice, but I'm just curious for your thoughts. How does somebody who claims to be a believer, two believers see the same exact thing and we're coming away with different conclusions? Like this seems to be, be like a spiritual issue at this point. Right. So this is why in my opening monologue, I used the term uh, paradoxical landscape. Uh, so I've got a few minutes. I'll talk to you about that. And, and this is why I opened up talking about the danger of propaganda in our Mar in America and how our government works to put us in boxes. And we succumb to it. Uh, we do. We will take a position on a team and that position on that team is, is stuck in the synthetic framework of a binary is just left or right or black or white like the critical race theory that came up right at the time with the COVID, as you know, that divided us. A number of people went with the social justice movement. A number of us didn't. Uh, 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 and, 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 and people that got caught up in the white man's wrong and the black man's right, these were Christians professing. And, and we, we, we had significant visceral differences of, of a view. And some of them, as you know, will try to argue from scripture and you know what we're going to do. We're going to lay out the word of God that would clearly argue against any kind of reverse racism, which is a eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, law for a uh, life for a life, because that's all you got with the critical race theory, in my opinion. But now here we are up under the new religion of, 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 of the health ministry with Pope Fauci. And this is really, I use that terminology, but it is framed in a religious context because in a moment it's going to have moral implications. And because we're divided along the lines of people who want to take the vaccine and people who don't, it comes with the fervor and passion of, of moral and ethical issues. Why? Because this has everything to do with our volition. It has everything to do with our freedom. It has everything to do with our rights. And some people are not wanting to value that that perspective uh, for what they would call submit to the submit to the government. Listen to what the government says. They know better. They they are wiser. They have all the data. Well, we argue that the history of America does not support that premise. The history of America supports the premise that our government first lies to us, manipulates us, and when the data comes out later, they have to now retract. And this is why you've had so many groups. You know what's interesting, Jermaine, is all of the liberals used to be in the position that I'm now, I, I am now in. And those of you who are liberals out there, you can affirm that. Liberals used to push back against everything that was authoritarian, dictatorial, uh, and tyrannical. But where are they at now? 
They're capitulating because they are on the left side with Joe Biden. See, this is what I mean by the paradoxical landscape. Uh, And this idea is that you get pitted and then all of a sudden it's not really about reasoning things through. You bring the data. I bring the data. Let's sit and talk about it. Because if we actually did that, you would find that we would be in more agreement than we are not. And then we would be able to look at the real factors, like really what's going on here. And we're starting to see it emerge, as you know. What's going on is already emerging because of the irrational policies that are now being implemented on something that they told us would be solving our problems. Our president said by July, we'll be back to normal. But many of us knew that that was impossible based on the science of of viruses. We knew that unless these vaccines had the ability of just about 100 percent, uh, and, uh, create immunity in people that there was going to be escape, that there was going to be a morphing of the vi- uh, viruses. These variants are coming up out of this vaccine process. This is the data that you guys are about to hear because they're debating it now. The variants are not a consequence of the unvaccinated people. The variant is a consequence of the vaccines not working at maximal potential. And therefore, the virus is able to outmaneuver the uh, proteins that are turning into antibodies trying to attack them. All the virologists have warned about this. And here we are now dealing with greater variants than we ever have. And our media is not willing to admit that we went about this the wrong way. If we're talking about getting if we're talking about herd immunity and suppressing this virus and getting us back to normal, they should have used a whole nother strategy than what they're doing. But if what they're doing is simply making billions and billions of dollars on these vaccines and putting multitudes of people in a pathway of sickness to continue the vaccines. Because as you're hearing now, we're talking about booster shots. So now we're back to wearing masks. We're going to be talking about booster shots. And this hamster wheel will never stop. All right, I got to take a break. Thanks for that call. Um, We're on the other side. When we come back, we'll continue. Two lines open, 1-888-367-5329. 1-888-367-5329. We'll be right back. 